Now that we've gorged ourselves with turkey and stuffing, now it's time to stuff our audience with emotional baggage, right? Right, dude? You hear that? It was a Thanksgiving holiday sexual pun. It's a good way to start, right? I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, happy holidays, we're in it, episode 10, ladies and gentlemen, you made it, David, we made it to 10, and I thought we were going to make it together as friends at all, and here we are sharing an experience, man, this is our 10th anniversary episode already, 10, 10, big 10, buddy, how you feeling about that? I am feeling old. Well, you are old. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brian Ortiz. This is David Castillo. And welcome. David, what is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another? And that's the point of the show, David. Uh, One time, uh, damn it, I'm all out of the place. David, what? Oh, my God. No, it's all right. This has to stay in. You screwed up. That's okay. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, David, is that what is Wreck the Pod? Well, life is... Oh my God, that's not the name of the show. What is Life's a Wreck? Well, David, let me explain to you since this is the fourth time I'm saying this. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is the show where two guys who sort of ish kind of maybe like each other, but they're mostly starting out as enemies, but slowly becoming friends over time. Uh, What is the point of the show? Well, the point of the show is for us to learn something about each other, right, David? Uh, One day I'll bring a topic to the table, and then I learn something about you through that discussion. The next day you bring a topic to the table, and you talk to me, and then you learn something about me, and then we recap and understand what that is. And the reason we do that, David, the reason we're trying to get to know each other is because I'm secretly just trying to bed you, but you're so difficult because you have this emotional wall and you always want to get to know me first. This is the longest courtship I've ever been on just to get into your butt. So what is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another by using pop culture as the social media lubricant and that is how we get into each other david with social media lubricant so pop culture lubricant i'm really curious at what point you're gonna like ditch your very articulate but Mm long-winded intro and just say we're here to talk about shit guys that's it now it's probably gonna go into like hey guys we're here uh welcome to the podcast this is me just trying to bed david welcome to life's a wreck that's gonna be like it's just gonna be straight to that that's the, gonna be the goal uh well listen i don't look enough like paul rudd for you to really kind of sell out on this uh sort of well it's true david you're not my normal milk toast taste so <laughs> david happy holidays man i'm really glad to be here with you um we're getting towards the end of this year. We're in December now, man. So, you know, hey, we had a Thanksgiving beginning because I didn't get to mention that earlier. But really, David, Merry Christmas, man. Happy holidays, buddy. I, I would say the same to you. Um, and th- there's no but attached to there. Uh, I would just like I would say the same to you. That's pretty much it. And, you know, David, please don't show too much emotion when we express how you feel about <laughs> me. I don't want you to. I don't want you to break, uh, uh, and I totally get you, man. Um, are you excited for Christmas, man? Are you excited for New Year's? Uh, are you big on the holidays, brother? 
Uh, I am and I'm not. It's kind of one of those things where it's it's a little bittersweet. You know, most of my family is in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth. Uh, of course, Ooh. you know, so usually the holidays are spent in me and my wife, uh, which is fantastic. I would, <gasps> David, we haven't actually said on the podcast, congratulations. So much has happened since we talked about Paul Rudd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've gotten married. Congratulations, David. Thank you. And thank you for being there. There are a lot of great photos. In fact, one I just sent you via email of like you distant and alone which is nothing but right. a drink in your hand and everybody else like sure. truly you know, connecting together. True, true. But, uh, right, right. I mean, that's how I usually am. I'm alone in the corner <laughs> with my thoughts, drinking, dropping tears into my beers. That's the name of my country album, Tears and Beers. And so I, you know, typical me, right, dude? Um, I had a blast. But you know what? I don't want to get too much into that because I do want to save that for our year in review conversation that we'll be having, David. But I did want to say congratulations. Oh, I wanted you. to say happy Thanksgiving because I didn't get to say that. Also, Merry Christmas as well, David. Um, and before we jump into your topic, I want to do something a little different. I wanted to surprise you, David. Th- this being our 10th episode, our our anniversary, if you will, of some kind, I guess, because I think we're supposed to celebrate that. Um, I have something for you because I know you got me nothing because you don't give a flying fudge about me, dude. So I got you something, David. I get to read to you, my dude, our first review. <gasps> oh, no. Okay. All right. Let's let's hear it. Uh, I'm ready for this. David. So this was a review from a while back, but I finally learned how to work the computers and I learned how to work the social media and I figured out how to get our reviews. So this is back from October 6th, actually. When we first released, we got our first one. Uh, This review comes from Fat Cat. Fat Cat, David. Uh, They say, they're so kind to each other. I love it. They both wanted to be the husband, so neither one of them was the bottom. Bold of them to assume that all husbands are tops. That's that is fantastic. Uh, Shout out to Fat Cat for also calling us out on this sort of like top versus bottom <laughs> dynamic you know it's always it's exactly. always assumed that like well being a bottom is, is somehow like inferior or like a bad thing and that's a great point they are totally right I, they are totally right they are totally right to call us out for it i love the review fat cat thank you so much if we ever get stickers or some kind of cool merch remind me and we'll send you something i won't do that for everyone but we'll do that for you because you're the first review on our 10th episode anniversary david i have to assume the uh kind to each other though is a little bit of sarcasm i feel like i'm never kind to you you try to be kind but i'm not receptive to right well i think the kind infers butthole like you're a butthole (laughs) to me you know what i'm saying we're buttholes to each other you know what i'm saying i think that's the inference on that one but you know what it's still a beautiful review it's awesome thank you so much fat cat we're so happy to hear from you ladies and gentlemen as i said before and i'll say it again if you'd like to leave us a review please do don't forget to rate us five stars if you give us five stars and you review the show and you like it we'll read it on air if you give us five stars and you hate the show and leave us a review we'll probably read that hate review as well. David, I look forward to our first hate review because I'm sure they'll be coming down the line eventually. But there we go, David. Listen, if you leave a negative review, just explain yourself. That's all I ask. Just explain yourself because I'm really curious. And I'm going to be petty and say, give us those goddamn five <laughs> stars because I don't give a crap what you say, but I do care about our rating system. So please, five stars, bad or good review or read on air. Thank you again, Fat Cat. We love you. Thanks for being our first. Oh, Fat Cat, you were our first, David. Okay, you don't you, you don't have to imply or no innuendo popped. with that. Let's yeah. let's just innuendo. Move on. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that review went deep into our penetrating minds, David, and we got our first big R, which stands for <laughs> review, our first big R deep inside of our podcast. You're just like committed to destroying every episode. <laughs> I'm committed to destroying you, David. <laughs> That's right. Drink on podcast again, David. Hey, Drink on a podcast again. Coffee this time, not whiskey and pills. All right. It is a hundred percent whiskey coffee, <laughs> and you know it's peppered with like, it's, like latte on top with like you know some type of pure hair of the dog. Yeah, dude, you, Jesus, oh, you got a drinking problem. All right, David, that's the end of that segment. I hope I had some music underneath that, so it sounded really cool. So, but hey, enough of enough of us jabbering, David. And as much as I hate you, let's get started, David. Today is your topic of choice. So, you're gonna learn something about me today. So I hope that you've constructed a well-thought-out question as much as I have. I hope you take us on this journey, and I hope you give us a great episode because the pressure is on. It's also the holidays. Merry Christmas. Remember to show me a little love. David, what is your question, my guy? So, uh, which Paul, do you remember um, Do you remember last Boy Scout? <laughs> of course this is how the conversation would start. Do you remember the last Boy Scout? With Bruce Willis. Yes, David. I remember the last Boy Scout. I have a copy myself. <laughs> you know, we, we all have to have it. Continue. So I want to read you just a clip. This is from Roger Ebert's review of the last Boy Scout. Of course. This is the long-winded explanation before the goddamn question every time. This is so, David, I can't wait to cut all this out. Go ahead, David. Uh, I'll make this quick. The only consistent theme of the film is its hatred of women. The two heroes, Willis and Damon Wayans, have a wife and a girlfriend, respectively, who cheat on them. The wife with Willis's best friend, the girlfriend by prostituting herself. Both men are at home in this screenplay, which hates women with a particular viciousness. The verbal violence begins by calling them bitches and whores and worse over and over again. And the message is that a man can only be tr- uh, can only really trust another man. <laughs> it's, the message is that only a man can really trust another man. Yeah, this is, again, the, who and Roger Ebert? Yeah, this is Roger Ebert's review of the film. And what the frack. And okay, I, I honestly think he was on to something because you watch the film and it is it is dude, you're digging you this hole. See, okay, okay. You just see scene after scene of violence against women, and I never like when I watched it. You know, back then I, I never would have like picked that out. It just you know that wasn't what I was looking for. I was just looking at like for a good time. And the movie is okay. Is funny. It's you know written by Shane Black. It's a lot of the Shane Black humor. So, anyways, I am curious if there's ever been a film that you've come back to. And been disillusioned uh-huh. by. Like something you previously loved and and maybe just like you watch it again, you're like, who was I back then, you know, back then that I would enjoy this shit? <laughs> <laughs> the movie that I was thinking about, David, that really kind of knocked me on my butt, and I was like, Man, this is bad. And then the follow-up was actually even worse than I remembered. So like the whole thing had gone down. Yet I still love the first movie is 1995's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you. I bet you thought I was gonna say something real deep and real smart, but no, dude. I went with Mortal Kombat. Like it was really just in freaking sane, dude. It is. It was to this day. I still think it's actually the best freaking video game movie, even though it's terrible. I remember in my mind how fast and intricate the fight sequences were and how cool they were, right? And I remember thinking, man, this movie really had it going and it was so cool and the the effects were so great. And then I remember watching it and sitting there and watching the fight sequences and and just broken. I was like, wait a minute. These are slow as hell. 
what's happening? Now, all that being said, the movie <laughs> still slams. Uh, you still got some cool moments, some great fight sequences, and still one of the best video game adaptations. And I will scream that theme song in the shower or as I climax, which is the goal sometimes. If you've never screamed Mortal Kombat while climaxing, David, you haven't lived, my dude. I'm just saying. And, uh, you know, who doesn't look at people and just say, your soul is mine? Okay, wait, wait a like, second. Wait. I say that all the time. Even to strangers, I'll just look at them and just say, your soul is mine. Okay, I feel like you haven't answered the question though. Like, why is it that you were what ex, what contributed to that disillusionment? Was it just like other? Okay, well, things? first of all, I answered your first part of your question. Okay. Give me a all break right. here, dude. Okay, first I answered what movie was broken for me. By the way, Mortal Kombat Annihilation it was worse than I remember, and that really hurt. So just <laughs> FYI, if you haven't seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I recommend you don't. <laughs> Aside from one fight sequence in the whole piece, the rest of it's garbage. Just FYI. Um, warning, spoiler warning, it's a piece of shit. Or as I would like to say, this movie requires a fatality. So, hey! Bop, bop, bop. I'm going to put like the Mortal Kombat music, <laughs> but with like jingle bells underneath so we keep it holiday. Blah, 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 I think it would be better if you uh, had the, the friendship cool. thing. All right. Oh, man. Friendship. I used to like love those little bits, man. I used to be Johnny Cage and sign autographs. Wasn't there one called like Babality or something yeah. where you turn people into yes. babies? Babality. Yeah. That was so that? good. Were you good at Mortal Kombat? I was decent at Mortal Kombat, man. I was. I used to put my quarters up on the machine. I used to watch that kind of stuff. I played. The, I was more better, at, less at the arcade, more on the Sega Genesis. So I was a Sega Genesis Mortal Kombat kid, and I could. I had a poster. I had a poster with all the f- combos on them, so I could look at them when I was playing. And I had a guidebook. Who was your character? My main was. Uh, I think when I played the original, my favorite main was Raiden. Ooh, that's a good choice. But to answer your second question, David, about the disillusionment. I want you wanted to dive deeper into that part, right? So going back to what I was talking about with Last Boy Scout, which is I watched it again, and it's hard for me to like disconnect uh, my own sort of like personal politics or psychology away from like the film when the film is so obviously like just <laughs> women are all like hookers and cheating bitches, right? That's basically that was like in Robert Ebert's review, right? So sure. you know part of what explains my dis- dis- disillusionment is that like God damn, well how did I notice this like overt sexism or misogyny I should say? So f- obviously sure. that's a much more like uh, <laughs> deeper disillusionment, but so what contributed to your what specifically? contribute to that disillusionment about Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat obviously did not have a sexism problem as far as I can tell, but I think the issue with that movie, I think what contributed to that disillusionment was nostalgia, which is a huge, you know, thing in our day and age right now. Nostalgia has never been so prevalent in art and in films and stuff like that. So for me, I think it was that. I was I I had built up this movie on a pedestal for so long. And my mind was clouded by, you know, fun, happy thoughts and emotions and feelings watching it and things like that. So being an adult and having the foresight to be able to understand something and actually have the conscious ability to look at something and be like, holy man, this is bad. What was I? Why was I so into this? Like, what was wrong with me? You know what I mean? Aside from a kick butt song. It, it, the action sequences are just so slow. You know what I mean? Um, I think nostalgia was the was that was one of like the key key factors in all of that. You know what I mean? 
I know that you wanted a deeper answer, like no, 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 David. That... You know, I just, I, I, you know, Goro made me realize just like you know all kinds of things about my sexuality and all that kind of jazz. You know, I get it, dude. But my real question was if there was something in life that you've been disillusioned by, what that was, and how that journey went about. Sure, dude. Soulmates. And what, like, was it like you just can't hardly wait wasn't as good on rewatch or what? <laughs> Man, fudge you, dude. Why do you got to attack me deep in my soul like That's that, That's what we're bro. here for, man. Let's Okay, let's go. All right, soulmates. So what's the problem with true love, everlasting? What's the problem with true love? <laughs> Isn't that the question for all of us, David? What is the problem with true love? You know, I don't know. Soulmates was something that it's a beautiful concept that I grew up on. And I don't know, maybe uh, maybe I just haven't had the right experience yet, or maybe maybe I'm still searching, and maybe when I find it, all of this thing that I'm saying now is going to sound super stupid. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll, be, I'll look back and say, Brian, you idiot. Look at you. You're now with your soulmate. But I think I misunderstood what soulmate was supposed to mean versus what it actually is, right? Soulmate is a beautiful term, and I think it's very real for many, many people, to be honest. And I still believe in finding your soulmate. But when I was a kid, I was taught that a soulmate is one single individual on this entire globe that is perfectly meant for you. And I was also under the impression that if you work hard and you're a good person and you date, you will find said soulmate as part of an equation. So that's what I thought. I, I really thought it was... One plus one equals two, when in reality, as I've gotten older, if they're like one plus one equals stop adding shit together. This is not math, you fucking idiot. This is actual real life. You know what I mean? And that's it, that was a huge disillusionment to me because it doesn't mean that to me anymore. It used to mean that when I was a kid and growing up for a very long time through high school, through college. And it wasn't until I got out of college and started to try and be an adult when I started to form my own opinions about what a soulmate is. Now, like your the implication is that um, I'm trying to figure out how to kind of ask this question uh, without being a dick. But um, just be a dick. You don't know any other way. It's OK. That's what the podcast for. Well, actually, hold on. Let me just say that, like, I, I 100 percent. I think I think it's. It's almost kind of like stating the obvious. Yes, like, you know, love should not be seen as like this sort of cosmic, um, uh, sort of as having this cosmic significance. Um, it's something that, you know, either like happens and, and sort of is nourished and evolves or not. Um, but uh, but I'm curious if like you had a like specific experience uh, that contributed to that disillusionment or if it's just something that like mentally it just started to make sense that this is just bullshit. Sure, dude. It was, it's called multiple breakups. <laughs> that doesn't count. No, 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 no. You're not going to get off that easy. That's what it is, man. Like, there, I mean, uh, there was one breakup in particular, a very specific one that really shattered my image on a lot of stuff because it was the most important one to me. And I thought I had found my soulmate and this is nothing against them. They didn't do anything. In my mind, I had found my soulmate. And as natural things happened, that relationship came to an end. Uh, and I remember being absolutely devastated, completely crushed and shattered from it, broken for years. And in that time is when I had to question the idea of soulmates. Because then it started to be like, man, but I did find it. But it didn't work like I was taught. What happened? You know what I mean? So that was a really huge breakup and a really big relationship that molded me and changed me, including 
what the hell soulmate is supposed to be or mean or could mean. So to me, I, I take the implication to mean that like, well, you don't think that not only this concept bullshit, but it like just flat out doesn't exist regardless of whether or not you find a relationship that you think is like long, you know, long lasting. Is, is that what you're saying as well? No, I think it still exists. I think it, I think the idea of a soulmate exists, but I don't think it's as cut and dry and black and white as I used to think when I was a kid. Do you know what I'm saying? I think we're lucky as individuals and human beings if we can find the person that is perfectly meant for us on all levels, right? Both physically, emotionally, mentally. That stuff's important. And when you connect like that and you find someone and you're happy and you've been happy the rest of your life, that's your soulmate. You figured it out. You found that you found the person. You know what I'm saying? And you can still love people and be with people and have emotions and things like that. And they don't have to be your soulmate necessarily. But I think if you're lucky and you find that person who's with you and you match, you do. And I think it does exist. But I think you could have also multiple soulmates in your life. I don't think it's just one. That's that that's such a weird idea in my brain. You can have multiples. Just because I was in soulmate with one person and they weren't with me, but I felt they were with them, doesn't mean I'm not gonna find it with somebody else. So I used to think like that's it. I missed the window. That was my soulmate. It's never happening again. But the truth is. I could absolutely find it with somebody else. And that's something new that had to be put into my mind. And I still I still think that it means that you are just able to connect really well with somebody on many different levels. And that's something special, man. That's something to behold. And that's a, the name for that for me is soulmate. That's interesting, man, because I actually, I feel like um, as someone that, you know, even as someone that just got married and, and is, uh, you know, just... Yeah, head over heels, all that like you know, goo goo nonsense or whatever. Um, You're such an emotional man, David. Calm down, Jesus. <laughs> I'm I so emotional. I would still argue that that concept does not exist because I think uh, I think I think it's it's there's an element of coincidence, and and you see this in sports as well, where like even the best you know the best teams that win championships, like I, I think there's always this element of luck that goes into it, and and people don't want to admit it because they want to just like bind to this notion that well if a team wins a championship it they were 100% responsible and i don't just I, I, like me personally just the you know armchair philosopher that i am this idea of like free will versus determinism i think elements of both largely affect our lives and so um i'm grossed out that you compared my feelings for love and emotion to a sport how dare you? I thought it was That's perfect. So I thought it was perfect, especially for you. But uh, you couldn't say anything nerdier. You had to pick the one thing I can't relate to. Ugh, you monster! But the point is, like, How you know, I, you. even myself, like, I can look at like certain things, like for example, that the just accident um, that uh, which called by accident that I just you know went to chose the you know happened to find the right date site that led to you know the right first date. Which itself, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't my finest performance. <laughs> and, oh, and man, and why just... was it? What what happened? Was it just uh, <laughs> so? So was like, it just you were super awkward. You said bad stuff. What happened? No, no, no. It was it was like I, I did for for just like a, a split second. Uh, I, I had a mansplain moment, and keep oh, in mind, no. you know, Nicole <laughs> is is just highly intelligent, independent, you know sort of feminist in all the ways that that word means had you know uh, implies quality values so here i am like having this like douche bro moment um and 
you know, even though it was it was like a really good conversation, everything like that, you know, I did go away thinking like, why the fuck did I even say that? <laughs> you know, and like, Jesus, and, and, dude, you mansplained me and you mansplained <laughs> your future wife. God, dude. Uh, but I mean, I'm just saying that there were there were just so many moments that I think you can kind of isolate and say like, well, that could have totally, totally like the Mighty Ducks principle. You know, we're okay. I'm, a, Emilio, I'm in. You, David, you had me in. You yes. son of a bitch, you got me in. David, right. all right, go. Emilio Estevez complains. His okay. character complains about, you know, he could yes. have scored the game winning goal just a quarter right. of an inch. If it had just gone a quarter of an inch that way towards the net, he would have scored, won the big championship as a kid, been a childhood hero. And then Charlie right. points out, yeah, but a quarter of an inch the other way, you would have missed completely. And you wouldn't have felt burdened by all the shame. And uh, the just sort of uh, the subterfuge of, hey, you know, like I took a shot and I missed. It happens. The right breaks versus the wrong breaks. And um, I think that's that's kind of you can look at sort of love and relationships in a very similar way where it's just like yeah, there Agreed. Are, a lot of things are just contingent. And, and we don't give enough credit to the fact that <laughs> we just, just the world is crazy. And sometimes we get the right breaks. And, you know, the, the sort of either we take advantage of those and it develops into something or not, but uh, to kind of a, to sort of imply that there is a that we are not just you know f- don't just find somebody that we love and that loves us, but that that love is part of this this sort of great script in the sky is I think what can be problematic for for people and their expectations. Absolutely, and once again, let us let us applaud that once again, Mighty Ducks has come to the rescue in helping bridge the gap between your sports-filled world and my film world. So I finally understood a reference, uh, and as always, it's eloquently put. Thank you, David, for that. As always, uh, you are the philosopher of the Mighty Ducks. That will be your next film, uh, your next book. Excuse me. You know, it's true, man. I think my idea is more on on par with that. I think. If you if you if it went like to the left and was out of the goal, that's me trying to date and find someone and failing and shooting my shot and missing every time. But when it does go in, you do become the town hero. And in that case, for me, is like if you're lucky, you find your soulmate. You know what I'm saying? The reward is you have found somebody, and it's good and it's bad because uh, it's I'm a romantic at heart, like more than I would like to admit. We've talked about this just because of John Hughes and everything, and I don't want to get into that because we already know how I feel. But, like, I'm a romantic at heart. I want to be the dude who runs in an airport, even though I can't anymore for legal reasons. I'd like <laughs> to be that guy. Do you know what I'm saying? And run and jump and or have a – yes, I jump into the arms of my loved one because, you know, this is a new world and I'm allowed to do that, David. And, Hold that stereo uh, up high above your head. Yeah, dude, just blaring music in the middle of the town. Say something. You know, like, I believe in that stuff. So for me – the problem it's beautiful and gorgeous in my mind that the soulmate exists and that you're when you find someone you're there but at the same time like we talked about it's problematic because now i'm building the idea in my mind constantly that even when i'm with someone then i start asking well are they my soulmate because if they're not i should leave them do you know what i'm saying i've done that right. before where i've said to myself hey, i'm just not clicking with this person on the soulmate level you know what out you know and i've and that's not a good thing and i've messed up a lot of potential good relationships because of that wall you know what i mean where i'm just like eh, i don't think this is going anywhere i can't see us being forever together or soulmates or feeling like really connected i don't want to work at that i'm out and then i leave 
And that's super detrimental. You know what I'm saying? That's ridiculously detrimental. And I've tried to fix that. So I, you know, once I broke, once uh, the the relationship that I had ended, that I started to question everything in my life, everything in my life. That was one of the things that that it, I mean, again, I was shattered and broken. I probably still am broken, but I'm getting better. But that was one of the first things that I started to reorganize in my mind, so I could still be a part of what I wanted to think about it, but at the same time, make it practical and real. So it's an actual thing in this world and not just some sort of myth that I've made up in my mind with these uh, rules that are just astronomically stupid. You know what I mean? More of the Mighty Ducks to the left or to the right. You're out of the goal or you're in the goal. That's life, baby. Mighty Ducks, best movie ever. Flying V, attack. Knuckle Buck. By the way, the sports analogies are going to continue on and on, no matter the topic, precisely because sports are no, no different. I don't than know them, and you're just fucking with me. <laughs> that, and they are also human pursuits. And even though we sort of, you know, compartmentalize them as like games and like, oh, what do you keep politics out of my sports? I'm like, they're humans that are contributing to this uh, exercise and this endeavor, and um, and they're human pursuits, and uh, and they're part of the common good, so they're relevant. At all times, Bob, uh, I was going to call you Bob. <laughs> At all times, Brian. Bob, did, oh, what the? Dude, enough with the whiskey and coffee, dude. You're drunk, oh, yeah. and it's right. like gotta... 1 p.m., and the we're recording this, and you're so wasted. You're calling me Bob again. Anyways. I told you, my name's not Bob, dude. It's Brian. I say it at the top of the show every time. God damn it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Can you hear me? Can the podcast? Yeah, just me? make sure. Yeah, again, you have you got to stop drinking, and the pills are going down the wrong throats, man. You got to be careful. <laughs> so, anyways, got to be careful. Okay, so we've been talking about disillusionment, and of course, we're also talking about this during a specific time of the year, which of course is Christmas or you know have the the holidays and so forth. And it is. Um, I, I'm curious if there are things about the holidays themselves. Um, as much as like, you know, I don't mean to be like such a neghead downer or like or anything like that, but I'm curious if there are sure. things about the holidays that you've been disillusioned by over the years, whether or not it's like the holiday itself, ritual, you know, don't forget Megan Kelly from Fox News did remind us, kids, Santa Claus is white, just, just white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it could be about anything, right? Whether it's like political or, or whatever element of, of David, Christmas the holidays. David, I mean... We should talk about the biggest disillusionment of all for the holidays for every human being on the planet. David, Santa Claus isn't real? <laughs> what? We're really going to talk what? about that. David, what a traumatic moment in my life. Tell me, like, do you remember when you were told Santa Claus isn't real? No, I don't, I don't think so. I, I remember, like, when I was a real little kid at the old house, because uh, I did used to live, live in the ghetto, and I remember checking it like real late at night uh, to see where my presence, you know, who was putting the presents under the tree. And I remember seeing, <laughs> I think my dad dressed up as Santa Claus. I think my parents Whoa. were so committed to this illusion <laughs> that my dad would dress up as Santa Claus while we were asleep, put presents underneath the, just in case one of us was like checking to see uh, <laughs> whether or not we thought it was real. Whoa. And That's family commitment right there, yes, dude. Yes, uh, and and my parents, of course, are fantastic. Once made us green eggs and ham, literally, um, and uh, so so they were committed to the cause. Uh, I don't like. I don't remember there being like anything other than like, oh, 
you know. David, I love your parents, by the way. I got to meet them at the wedding. <sighs> they were so great. They were so great. Dude, your parents are so... After we've talked for so long, you know, 10 episodes, long time for two people, I feel like I know your family. And I was so excited and happy to see them, man. And I actually look forward to maybe hopefully seeing them during the holidays. Uh, they're, they're so, your dad's amazing. Your mom is kind. Your brother's awesome. Like Everybody was so cool, dude. I was very, very happy to meet everyone for the first time. A wedding brought everyone together. It was very beautiful. It just goes um, to show you that uh, you, know, you can like make, you can be totally like poor and destitute, but still be privileged. So yes, I feel privileged. My parents are awesome and uh, wouldn't change anything for the Dude, world. so do you remember then, so your dad was holding up the lie really well. God bless him. So do you remember when you found out that the lie was a lie? I think because my dad looks too much like David Patrick Kelly. He plays the henchman <laughs> and the crow. Oh, well, you can speak to the accuracy of that. So you so you went down. Let me get the, your image of you was coming down the stairs, and you'd see one of the henchmen from the crow dressed as Santa Claus. Exactly. Putting presents Somehow underneath those, the tree. Those two connected to just combine for like, oh, man, Santa Claus is, I guess, not real. <laughs> so we can just... <laughs> So we can we can officially on the podcast that the crow ruined Santa Claus for you. I, I guess um, so. Uh, I remember my mom. I don't remember that. I don't remember. I remember knowing Santa Claus real, and then I remember him knowing that he didn't exist. And we, but God bless my mom. Like you know, she did the same thing. She was up till like wee hours of the night, and then she would place them all out like in a magical arrangement, like Santa Claus would. And then she still likes to do that even now. I mean, she doesn't tell me to go to bed because Santa Claus is coming, but she still will wake up early before me and like likes to put a couple of gifts out so it looks like a magical Christmas present wonderland. So she kept up that ever tradition, which is very lovely. But my mom says that someone at school had said it. That was like the big thing. She's like, I remember my mom was, she said she was so pissed when somebody had told me that because she was like, no, I wanted to do this much longer. And she was so mad that somebody had told me that. So she had to like sit me down and explain that Santa wasn't real. And I remember having a panic attack at school and be like, what? what are you talking about? Like just so confused <laughs> coming home to my mom crying with like mocos coming out of my nose. <laughs> you know, just mucus everywhere. And my mom was just like fuming. Someone had broken the illusion and she had to sit me down and explain to me that, yes, it's mama. You know, I didn't even have the privilege, right? I didn't have the honor of waking up and seeing my dad dressed as Santa Claus because mostly just like Santa Claus, my dad isn't real and was never there to begin with. Man, you are. So, I My mom did all the work. Mrs. Claus is the true hero here in my book. So just saying crazy disillusionment man broke me forever made me rethink of everything that's when the fairy tooth fairy disappeared fucking easter bunny disappeared santa claus disappeared arbor day disappeared you know what i'm saying everything disappeared that's uh that that's heavy <laughs> i like most people ladies and gentlemen for the holidays why believe in an archaic red uh red nose red suited man when you can believe in our true christmas patron the krampus mm. ladies and gentlemen Join our church and celebrate the Krampus this season. Watch your kids because he's going to take them, ladies and gentlemen. Good movie. David, uh, do you have a a, an, uh, a really good, like, was there a really good Santa Claus? Did you? So wait, just to follow back, did you ever actually see your dad dressed up? Uh, like, did you come down and see him dressed up no, one time I, by accident? No, I checked. Uh, so I, like, I cracked open the door, checked underneath the sofa that was like adjacent to our door, and I could just see like, 
uh, a sort of like red suit around the ankles and some boots. And that's, oh. that's how I, like, I was like, oh, man. So it, it, it gave the effect that there really was a Santa Claus inside the house. Dude. Um, so, so again, really, really creative on my, uh, my parents' part. But um, David, are, are we going to tell our children that Santa Claus is real? Are we going to continue the disillusionment, the illusion that a Santa Claus is, and then have to deal with the disillusionment that Santa Claus isn't real? I've debated that question before. Like, I, I live in a world where this is very different than what my parents did and their parents did before that. And I do question, if I have kids, should I tell them about Santa Claus? David, are you going to tell your kids about Santa Claus? I think that's all the more... If you have kids? All the more reason not to have kids because Santa oh Claus God. is going to be one <laughs> among many disillusionments you experience in your life. And a lot of people are just going to break from that. You know, a lot of people are just going to... Uh, I, I think for a lot of people, yeah. it's uh, Whether it's like the disillusionment of like, oh man, uh, our planet's dying and, and we've killed it essentially or uh i, 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 I know imagine you telling a five your five-year-old daughter and or son you know son the earth is dying every day santa's not real and me and your mother we're just two meat bags spinning on this world i love you have a good day at school <laughs> yes I, I give my kid the uh the collateral speech that uh tom cruise <laughs> gives jimmy fox uh where he's just like you know, like it's such a it's such a strange movie where like Tom Cruise's character is just like starts philosophizing this kind of Nietzschean like, oh, just a, a speck, insignificant speck on a, you know a piece of dust, blah blah blah, whatever it is that he says. But um, oddly enough, it's what drives Fox's character to run them off the road and save Jada Pinkett Smith. I don't know why I have sure. this like specific image of, of collateral in my head right now, but um, this is like you and Barry Pepper all over again in Firestorm. <laughs> if this. You just have a specific image in your mind, and it's just that one thing, and you know it really well for some reason. Oh, man. Just saying. My favorite thing of movies is just the minutiae of things, uh, to be perfectly honest. I don't know what that is, why that why explains that, but um, like if you were to ask me, hey, what do you sure. remember about the vanilla cop thriller Brooklyn's Finest, directed by Antoine Fuqua? And I'd be like, oh, the very first scene where Vincent D'Onofrio is laughing about a joke on gray morality and then Ethan Hawke just shoots him in the head in the middle of his laugh. So, um, I really, again, and if you ask me, <laughs> what is the minutia of the great classic of 1995's Paul W S Anderson's mortal Kombat? <laughs> I would say Johnny cage cracking nuts on Goro. Ladies and That's gentlemen. not minutia though, man. That was taken straight from the video game. I, I want you oh, see, <sighs> give, give me real minutia. I want to know. I, I want to like, here, what can you remember specifically about Mortal Kombat that nobody else should be able to remember? Uh, yeah, the, my favorite dumbass scene from that movie that just makes me chuckle every stupid time is Johnny Cage getting off the boat with all of his luggage and he can't step right. He just falls straight forward into the little water bay. And that's the one thing that I remember every dang time from that whole movie that just makes me chuckle in my head because it's so stupid and easy. That, that, There's your minutia, dude. That's fantastic. Uh, I do want to add some more minutia, which is the, um, uh, which is by the way, rest in peace to the actor that played Kano in that film. Uh, I didn't realize that he had, the actor had actually committed suicide like pretty soon no. after filming. 
Uh, Trevor Goddard? Yes. Um, Dude, that sucks. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I hate to, you know, just a bummer of a, like, we're talking about disillusionment. I, might, as, might as well be a good time to talk about this time this actor killed himself. Wow, dude, you just broke me. Now Kano's dead? Oh, And it wasn't man. from Sonya Blade, man. That's 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 unfortunate. Okay, that's dark, first yeah, of all. Yeah, that's a little tasteless. Two, that's <laughs> super dark, too. Uh, how dare you take away Santa Claus from me, take away Soulmates, <laughs> and now you took away Kano from me, dude. What are you, my dad? Jesus. Uh, listen, all the more reason to appreciate Josh Lawson's performance uh, because uh, perhaps he was paying homage and did a great job. That's true, dude. God bless that man for all of his work and carrying the entire movie of Mortal Kombat in 2021. Josh Lawson, you are a true hero. Uh, David, with that, we are at the end of our show, my guy, dude. Oh, my God, you've taken me around the ring. You've reminded me of deep wounded scars, as you usually do. Instead of helping me, you just open them up again, and then you leave. That's how this works all the time. You just crack them open, you spit inside of it, and you say, your daddy's leaving, and then you bounce, okay? (laughs) But this is the part of this show, before you leave me, that you're supposed to reflect. And tell me, David, in your succinct words, what did you learn about me today, David? I've learned that when when Brian Ortiz, this uh, this this tortured artist that he is, this um, scholar of all things comic book and pop culture related, when he is broken, he's broken in half, right? You're not you're not the Batman that gets like punched in the face by like a couple so of, rude a couple gas station henchmen. You're the Batman that gets his back broken by Bane in a duel to the death. God. You know so. You know, like we've talked about this before, like with, with like for example, with various issues, things that have happened to you, they seem to happen to you spectacularly. You're not a person that experiences trauma elegantly or subtly. It's all just uh, almost. Violently. I believe in subtlety, David. It's all or nothing when it comes to my car crashes. And the point being that um, uh, credit to you. For for it'd be easy to like imagine a person being sort of uh, in the same way things happen to you, which is breaking you, um, reacting in kind, being broken by those uh, things, and um, uh, it's you, you've got a uh, got a real toughness about you, Brian. And for someone that would clearly like lose any fist fight that you engaged in, that is a Rude. testament to to your durability, uh, your um, Strength, and um, yeah, I think. One more, David. You got this. One more. One more compliment. You can do it. Give me one more compliment. Uh, I mean, I can. I can. I've used up all my compliment juice. This is this. Wow. As only because only because you really backtracked on Mortal Kombat. You should have said, you know what. Scorpion versus Johnny Cage is still a banger of a fight. I did say the music was still a banger of the fight, of a, a piece. That of, is, you know what? That is I don't need to justify my love for Mortal <laughs> Kombat to you or anybody else. All right, dude. Uh, David, as always, that is somewhat beautiful, and you've managed to once again compliment me and insult me at the same time. One of your greatest strengths. <laughs> just like my father used to do to me so david thank you so much for sharing my dude i you know as always you 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 give me a lot of credit and i'm grateful for it and you've always as usual contextualized my world that i thought was cool and awesome into something stupid but i make me realize that i'm a human being after all and that's what's important and i love what you said and i'm so grateful this holiday season to be reminded 
that I'm a broken man, but I'm also someone who is strong and continues to get up, David. Thank you so much, my dude. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you like the show. Thank you for listening today. Uh, don't forget to like, share, give us five stars. If you give us five stars and a good review, we'll read it on the air, like I said earlier. If you give us five stars and a bad review, we'll still read it on the air. Uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, shoot us up a message let us know what you think of the show if you have any topics of discussion that you would like us to talk about or if you're looking for some advice on something please hit us up at wreckthepod at gmail.com that's r-e-c the pod at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter at wreckthepod as well as instagram and on tiktok ladies and gentlemen so please hit us up talk to us discuss with us we want to hear from you uh, we hope that you've enjoyed today's show hope you learned a little bit about you uh well ho- hope that you learned a little bit about me today and then subsequently you've learned about david and he's still a ruthless sob even during the holidays david is there anything else you'd like to say before we leave uh no i just i'd love to hear from fat cat again by the way yeah fat cat leave us another comment or shoot us an email we'd love to hear from you give us something to talk about or tell us what you think ladies and gentlemen all right we are out of here Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your holidays. We'll be back with another episode uh, during this time with maybe a little bit more Christmas themed. It'll be my turn, so we'll see what happens. And until then, my name is Brian Ortiz. I'm David Castillo. David, let us not forget that the ultimate uh, piece of pop culture lubrication that helps us across the board in every emotional and philosophical situation is the Mighty Ducks. It's the greatest movie ever, maybe. We'll discuss this later. I love you. Bye, everybody. Quack, quack, quack. Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by.